welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. And I'm Kitty. This week, we'll be talking about a deck of cards. We talked about this over 200 episodes ago, so we thought it was time for a revisit. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and The Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. So as you may have noticed... Chris has abandoned us. He has, I don't know if <laughs> trusted us to do this or had no other option is the right way to look at it. But but there's no Chris tonight for the second time only in the history of this podcast. I prefer to think of We're it doing as one without uh, we, Chris. we threw a, a coup and uh, we took over the podcast and <laughs> it's going to be a Chris-free zone from now on. So if you were here for the Chris... Uh, sorry, he's not here today. <laughs> Going yeah, full banana Chris, republic. It's gonna be, it's gonna be um a little quieter, perhaps than than normal. Maybe more balanced. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, probably a little quieter shorter. Isn't really what you want in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is gonna be quieter. It's gonna have thirty percent more silence. <laughs> yeah, we're leaving in the silences this week. You'll know how much Chris just picks up our slack. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, Chris is away on a business trip. I think he's literally on an airplane right now as we record. Otherwise, he would be recording from a business trip because you can't stop him. (laughs) I think he said he was going to D.C. for a business trip. But uh, in my mind, he's going to WWDC um, where they're Apple is announcing all the goodies because they did that today. And uh, <laughs> I hope he's there instead of, you know, the District of Columbia. It sounds like more fun. I mean, for it's you definitely and Chris, a lot more fun. not for yeah. normal people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carmen calls it uh, my nerd conference. I, I told her, I was like, I need to watch my nerd conference today. And she was like, what? And I was like, oh, you know, WWDC comes around every summer. And she's like, oh, right. And then she like sat down and p- watched part of it with me. And she's like, okay, I'm I'm over this. I'm leaving. Watch your nerd conference. <laughs> I don't get what they're saying. So um, is Chris going to have to buy a whole bunch of new stuff? or? Uh, I think he's obligated to. Contractually. He Apple makes a new thing. Chris must buy it. That's his deal. Yeah, Yeah, it's like with board games, pretty much. There's new board games that get released. Chris must buy them. Yeah, I don't know, though. I feel like he hasn't been buying as many, but I don't want to tell him that he hasn't been buying as many because that might trigger him to buy more. He's buying buying double. They're just all shrink DTN and that stuff. Yeah, I maybe just since he finished the basement, it's easier to hide them from us. See, I think he's just going to go full game store. He's going to buy a game store and then he's just going to live in it. And he's just going to sell the games. He's basically what he's doing right now. He's selling games out of his basement or giving them away. Mm-hmm. He just needs to, you know, I was going to say he's selling the them jump. for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if only you sold them for something, then he would be a game store. <laughs> So, do you have anything interesting going on this week? This week, um, like I mentioned, is WWDC. It's the week-long conference for a war for all Apple developers. So, I'll be watching a lot of 
videos for all the new stuff that they announced. Not only products, but all the new technical fun stuff. Um, that's what I'll be learning about. And um, I found out also today, Monday, that my um, bid was accepted for a new house. So we will be... Oh, that's so exciting. Move on up like the Jeffersons. Uh, so you, you guys found a place in the city? You're not coming yep. out to Beloit? No, we're not coming. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to Indiana. We're not going to Wisconsin. We're not going to the suburbs. It's literally four <laughs> blocks away from us. It's two blocks south and two blocks oh, east. nice. Oh, east is the good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're excited. It's a... It'll be a third, it's a third floor, it's a top floor. It's the penthouse, quote unquote, but it's the third floor. No one else is above us and we get roof access. So we'll have like a big deck oh, on the nice. roof. Yeah, we're excited. You can have room for more games now. I'll have room for more games. It's going to be a three bedroom, two bathroom. Ooh. Yeah. It'll, it'll be huge compared to You can uh, have a whole bathroom bedroom, full of ba- games. <laughs> <laughs> We can have a whole closet full of games. That's awesome. I'm excited. What? So do you have like a, a game that you're going to buy now that you're going to have space? Or do you um, just want a no, table? No, I'll just be able to play the ones that on I currently it. have. <laughs> it was so funny. I sent a picture to our group text of me playing the Lord of the Rings card game. And Fletcher was like, you have a table that just has a game on it. That's that's it. That's the only thing on that table. <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> The yeah, only thing we you had have on the a table was a game. of tables in our home. Yeah, we have. Yeah, all you have to have, do is move to the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we have two tables. We have a dining room table and we have my desk. And those are all the tables in the house. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you to have some more table space. Good luck moving, though. It is. I'll give you the company we used, though. They were great. Yeah, give me the company you used. The good thing is, like I said, it's like four blocks away. So. I can literally carry stuff over if I needed to <laughs> save money on movers. The other thing you said, though, was that it is the, the top floor. Yes. And that's not. There the is best no elevator in this moving. building, unfortunately. <laughs> so I can move yeah. the clothes, but I will hire people to move all the heavy stuff. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Well, yeah, Spencer's away on business as well this week. We were traveling for. A wedding this weekend where we crossed a couple different states. We ended up in Indiana and then came back again. So I just got back this morning. But we, because we were traveling through Chicago, Spencer just booked his flights out of Chicago, even though he's technically closer to Milwaukee now. So, um, yeah. So we're back here. It's just me and the kids um, and my gigantic guard dog. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're good but in a big, uh, empty unfortunately house he is that needs a grandfather clock in a gigantic empty house does not have a grandfather clock yet um if i had a grandfather clock i would be figuring out how to silence it right now so that it did not scare me all of the times <laughs> that do you think <laughs> do you think it would wake up and annoy your dog um you know my parents have a grandfather clock in their house and Nobody pays any attention to it 90% of the time. But then every once in a while, because it stops going off at like, I think it goes off at 10 and that's the latest. It goes off at night and then it starts again at like eight in the morning. But 
every so often there'll just be like a pause in the conversation and then the clock goes off in a very like creepy way. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, grandfather clocks are always creepy, even in my parents, not very creepy at all house. So I don't know if we, we need to add the creepiness to this house. See, I find that I I promise is not haunted. (laughs) (laughs) I find them endearing because my grandfather had a grandfather clock. So I always think of, him or just like reminds me of reminds me of that um but yeah i can see how they're creepy but i like them anyway stranger maybe things we should talk about this games. season is not helping so <laughs> <laughs> games so this week last week Tabletop we talked about talk. card games <laughs> last week we talked about um the fantasy flight living card games so i thought we would go the exact opposite direction of that and talk about a deck of cards. Just a plain old so, deck of cards. <laughs> a plain old deck of cards. 52 of them, four suits, hearts, diamonds, spades, clubs. A couple of games. jokers, maybe. Maybe a couple jokers. Occasionally used, mostly just accidentally shuffled in and confusing when yeah. you deal out cards and everything is wrong. Do we use <laughs> jokers in this game? No, sorry. Discard that and get <laughs> grab another card. So... When is the last time you played a game with a deck of cards? Huh. Well, with a physical deck of cards, it's been a while. With a virtual deck of cards, I played Solitaire probably maybe a couple of months ago. It was the last time I played like a deck of card game. Solitaire, I would say. What about you? It's interesting. I play Solitaire pretty frequently um virtually but almost never i have i can't remember the last time i played solitaire with an actual deck of cards but i have played spades probably like a a couple months ago but that's it like we have like a deck of cards has become like oh this is our spades game (laughs) (laughs) that's really when we're pulling out a deck of cards you cross out bicycle we play right (laughs) so that's it's kind of become the only thing we play the deck of cards. So it's interesting because part of the appeal of a deck of cards it is it is so versatile. But almost everyone I know, they have like a game that they play with a deck of cards. But they are often different games. So I don't know. It's It's interesting because I feel like I used to play with a deck of cards much more often before I started playing board games. And so something I wanted to do a little different than last time. So the last episode we did on this was episode, I want to say it was 62 of this podcast. You can no longer find it on Apple Podcasts, I don't think. It has been erased from that, but it is still up on our website. I listened to it today. And it took us 38 minutes to talk about games you play with a deck of cards. We're at 12 and a half. (laughs) We... (laughs) we're beating our old record so much. So we still haven't talked about an actual game yet though. So hold on. We can, we can stretch this out because Chris told us the whole history of cards. If you're interested in that, go to our website, tabletopgametalk.com and you can find that old episode. Josh is still one of our hosts and (laughs) we had all of these segments that we used to do before we got on topic and 
it took us forever. So yeah, 30, 38 minutes in, we finally start talking about games you play with a deck of cards. So, and, and we just kind of like went through like, oh yeah, these are games you can play with a deck of cards. This is the history of a deck of cards. So I wanted to kind of talk about a deck of cards versus board games that are like games that you play with a deck of cards. So I have a list here. And we can start because my family plays spades quite a bit. Or Spencer's family I married into. And I'm stuck with them. So, <laughs> spades. Not my family. I married into it. <laughs> Related by blood. I mean, they're my family now. But, I mean, I guess in some ways I chose them. I didn't choose the family I was born into. Uh, <laughs> and they play even wackier card games. But spades is the one that comes up the most often. They're... Spencer's family is really big to play spades. We play quite a bit. And it's um, one of many trick-taking games that you can play with a deck of cards. Things like spades, euchre, bridge, hearts, all of them. War. War is technically a trick-taking game for two players. And You know, I have to confess, I've never played games, spades. You've never played spades? Have you played euchre? No. I didn't even know euchre was a game until probably like six years ago maybe a little more maybe you're okay, not a midwesterner by no, birth I'm not. <laughs> when so, i first saw this it, i was excusable. like how do you pronounce this <laughs> <laughs> yep it's um confusingly spelled you sure you bridge sure? <laughs> uh so my grandparents were huge 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 into playing bridge and i well that's because their grandparents don't know how it works <laughs> They, like, even for grandparents, they were really big. They had, like, napkins, like, printed, like, with, like, card-themed napkins and, like, tablecloths that they got out, like, specifically for their bridge parties, like, little cocktail napkins and stuff. Like, they were, I, I don't know if they really enjoyed playing as much as they enjoyed, like, the entertaining aspect the ceremony. of hosting bridge parties. <laughs> the ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> but they were super into bridge. And part of me feels bad that I don't know anyone who plays bridge. Um, hearts is another trick-taking game that you can play with a deck of cards. And they all have rules that vary in complexity from, I would say, hearts is kind of the easiest to pick up through bridge is there is an extremely complex bidding process that despite having tried to learn several times, I cannot wrap my head around. And maybe it's because I'm just trying to teach myself online. I haven't seen it played. I haven't been like taught by people who are actually playing bridge, which I feel like is a much easier way for me personally to learn a game. But um, yeah, there. so there's, there's a ton of trick-taking games, but now... As opposed to like, you know, five years ago, I have all these trick-taking board games that if I was going to sit down and try to learn a complicated trick-taking game, I would much rather play The Crew than I would pick up Bridge. Yeah, yeah. And it uses the same kind of mechanics as these card games, and it's kind of taken inspiration from these, but it has packaged itself with a theme and added more rules. And I I wonder if, you know, like, the board game hobby is killing people playing these card games. Thoughts, Fletcher? <laughs> um, is the board game hobby killing people playing these card games? 
My guess is probably no. Um, I mean, we're all we're all tabletop gamers, so a success for one game is mm-hmm. is a success for you know all games. And I think a lot of these games have stood the test of time. They've been around for many, many, many years. So, and because of their versatile nature, that all you need is a deck of cards, you can play all these different card games. I don't think there's really any um, chance or threat that they're going to, you know, go away. Um, unlike, you know, the crew or other games like that, like those will probably not be around in a hundred years, but bridge almost certainly. I don't know. Cause I don't know any young people. Like, so do you think the people who are playing bridge 50 years ago were like the board game hobbyists of their time? Um, probably, I mean, yes and no, right? Like, there's there's some people that... Like, <laughs> I see nods in our live audience. <laughs> it, it, I, to me, it's one of those things where it's like, obviously, yes, there's people who are who were board game hobbyists back then. Like, they love playing bridge. They love playing spades. They love playing cribbage. They love playing all those different kinds of card games. Love playing dominoes. But then there's also people who just played it as, like, a pastime activity, Um because it was something to do, but not because mm-hmm. they were, they were like, oh my gosh, like, yes, let's play, let's play another round of bridge over and over and over again. But that's just me, you know, guessing. And I remember 50 years ago, that was what, 1960, 1962. It wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and I think bridge, like, I think a lot of these card games kind of, rise and fall in their popularity over time. I think bridge was very trendy at the time and having bridge parties. And they're like these magazines that catered to people like my grandparents who really enjoyed the ceremony of hosting bridge, today. bridge parties. Like you're joking, but it's not a joke. <laughs> like, <laughs> they had legit like magazines and catalogs and advertisements directed at them. Like buy these bridge things. <laughs> So I think it was a very trendy thing at the time to be into. And and I wonder, I think that other games too, like Whist was really popular like hundreds of years ago. And now nobody plays Whist. But there are still, I guess, some people who play Whist and everyone still knows the rules of Whist. And it could theoretically come back and be cool again. And the way that Bridgerton is going, it seems like maybe it will. Everyone will be like, oh, yes, let's play this Regency era card game while we wear our Bridgerton gowns and drink tea. So, you know, it, it, it might just be that, you know, it's it's part of the ebb and flow of trendy things. Yeah. I mean, so Michael Yanikowski commented and same with Richard Jossi. They both said that when they were kids, um, they their parents would hold bridge parties and they remember that. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then Michael also brings up, uh, bowling, like that was probably a lot more popular back in the day. Now, I mean, there's obviously still (laughs) bowling leagues and people just go bowling for fun, but probably back in the day, it was a bit more popular than it is today. So I would, I would say like kind of an analogy there. Um, so let's see next on our list is solitaire games. So I think there are. More types of solitaire 
that I have heard of and learned than any other kind of card game. Like, people who are bored alone with a deck of cards have been making up ways to play games alone with a deck of cards for as long as decks of cards existed. (laughs) (laughs) It's everybody on the airplane. What can I do with this free deck of cards? (laughs) When they used to have decks of cards on airplanes for all our super young listeners. (laughs) (laughs) So I think when everyone thinks of solitaire, you mostly think of Klondike solitaire, which is, you know, the one that came free on everyone's computer. Um, but maybe if you're slightly younger, you'll remember Spider Solitaire also is something that yep. was also <laughs> installed on many computers. But there are there's Clock Solitaire, which my mom always taught us when we were kids because that it was the way that we would sort a deck of cards to find out if we had the correct number of cards in your deck was you would... You, you basically make the face of a clock with the numbers, and if you get the kings in the wrong order, you lose. But I don't know if it was always my family or all families everywhere. Like, you're at a lake house, and there's a deck of cards that has a mysterious number of cards. And my mom, to keep us busy, I think, <laughs> instead of just telling us to count the number of cards, would have us play clock solitaire was her way to keep us from bothering her when it was raining at the lake house. <laughs> it's now to play the time to play the silent game. I also feel like when I say lake house, sometimes people are like, oh, you must be so like, but it was like, you know, my dad's second cousin's like one bedroom where you're playing on like a stinky moldy carpet. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a lake house, but it's more like a lake cabin. <laughs> it's a, Emphasis on cabin. More like a stinky cabin near water. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Just think of that. Me playing with missing cards on a moldy carpet. Um, that's what I think of clock solitaire. Um, pyramid solitaire is one. And I've seen a lot of these mobile games huge numbers of mobile games of every kind of solitaire game you can possibly think of. Like, I don't know, is somebody who works developing apps? Like, it just (laughs) seems like, why bother making up a game when I can just turn this card game that already exists into an app? (laughs) Seems like a very popular idea when it comes to solitaire. Yeah. It's probably, it's also like one of the first things that you, well, it's not uncommon that, uh, as an exercise when you're learning to code it's like you have a deck of cards and you're gonna make this like simple game with them <laughs> so mm-hmm. one of the first when things i was learning to, to do. do that i i had to make a roulette game which is i don't know if it's more or less interesting but fancy roulette that's what my teacher Man, had you and your lake house and your roulette game <laughs> kitty living the high life you had your own Opar probably just taking care of you guys. No, I had a local teenager who would sit and watch Jerry Springer while we all just like rampaged around our house and she would quickly do the dishes 10 minutes before my mom got home. (laughs) 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 So yeah, some insights to my childhood there, but yeah, so solitaire, I, I don't know. Like why would you ever get out a physical deck of cards though? When you can just play it on your phone, especially when it does all the sorting for you. Like mm-hmm. it's uh I have definitely played solitaire with a real deck of cards and uh it is surprisingly messy to like make sure everything yes. is stacked correctly. <laughs> they slide everywhere. Yeah. It's awful. 
They don't have all these nice little um, neat piles. Mm-mm. And it takes up a ton of room. The other thing is, I maybe this is like a me problem, but I'm you may know a little bit hyper competitive. So if I can play <laughs> solitaire against other people in some way, I love that. So these games where you like get the same deal of solitaire and you're like timed and you get scored against other humans. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You just want to play competitive Um, solitaire. I do play a lot of competitive solitaire, Um, both in the board games that I choose because so many board games now, it has become huge in this hobby to have your game be, if not just a solo game, then a game that has a solo mode to it. So, because what is people love solitaire. this. <laughs> is it like how many and, and like how many fewer moves can you do this than somebody else? Yeah, it's how few moves you can do it. Um, usually, you get points for how many cards you play onto aces. You get negatives for how many times you turn over the deck, and it's timed. So you get points for how quickly you can play it. I don't like that. It's like um. something that I consider to be like soothing and like, you know, whatever, like me time. It's like, no, let's put a timer on this. Your me time is limited. Now you're getting negative points. Hope you weren't stressed out before because you I are was a now. Kid. Oh my gosh. What is the name of this game? Um, it was like the board that had all the like little yellow pieces with the timer on it. And you had to get all the pieces into the board before it popped up and threw them all at your face. Do you remember oh, this game? <laughs> yes, I can't remember the name of it. I, I know what you're talking about, though. John says, I don't know. No, Michael's shaking his head. It's not concentration. Um, I thought it started with a P. Perfection. Yes. Um, I loved that game. And I, I would spend a lot of time. I know. <laughs> I I really apparently need some stress in my fight. <laughs> <laughs> You need if some stress to feel stressful, alive. Are you even playing a game? <laughs> oh, you didn't complete it. Not only did you not complete it and get stressed out, now there's a mess. Have fun cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> but that just means you're ready to play the next game because all the pieces are already popped out all over the place. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Get all these games. Apparently, just there was living, a sequel. Living the high life. Which I don't. <laughs> In your lake house. With your huge table from Citizen Kane where you can play solitaire on. (laughs) I could play all the solitaires on one table. (laughs) On one Citizen Kane table. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm all alone. Except not really. It was much more like moldy carpet with eight people all stepping on top of my solitaire game. (laughs) Um, Stepping on top of perfection pieces and hurting your foot. <laughs> Those are possibly worse than Lego for like how painful they are to step on. They're definitely those tiny like little handles super that spiky. Stick up. Yeah, they're like almost like caltrops, pretty much like jacks. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Um, apparently, perfection is still available, and um, as soon as my children are out of the eating those piece sizes, I am one hundred percent bringing it into my home. So, next category of game. Oh, yeah. We talked about there's so many solo board games that, like, uh, Maiden's Quest is the one that pops to mind of, like, an actual, like, 
taking a solitaire game mechanics that's fan solitaire and turning it into a board game. Um, but I would really say any solo game is stepping on the toes of wanting to play solitaire. Cause I look at my board game collection and if I've got like 10 board games that I can play solo, I'd probably get one of those to my table before I would pick up a deck of cards and play solitaire. This is how board gaming is killing deck of card playing. No. That's my new theory. <laughs> no. People who are playing with decks of cards are only doing it because they haven't figured out that board games are doing it better yet. So, Rummy. Everyone knows how to play Rummy, right? Um, uh, but it's been a while, is... but I have played Gin Rummy. <laughs> so, Gin Rummy is the one that's super easy to do. This house is being invaded by ants. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, my house is haunted. It's haunted by an ant monster. Sorry, what an ant oh just like crawled across I the computer monitor. Um, Are you gonna do the Orkin Man thing where they had like <laughs> that ad with the cockroach on the TV? Um, we do have a pest control person who comes out to the house, and um, but do you have a ghost control? Because do I have a ghost control? No. Yeah, you um, called Ghostbusters. If we cannot. <laughs> If the pest control guy does not take care of the ant problem, then we will turn next to the Ghostbusters. But Rummy. (laughs) (laughs) Gin Rummy is one where you just, you have like a hand of cards and you're trying to get like either a straight or three of a kind or something. And you have seven cards that you're trying to get three of one thing, four of another. And whoever gets it first wins. And it's a I win, everyone else loses kind of a situation. And so, Kitty's so, so many board situation. games use this. <laughs> there can only be one winner, I mean, and that it's winner not, is Kitty. I don't know. Actually, I don't always like games like... I would actually say, typically, I don't like games like this. I like more of the board game version of this. So, like, Sushi Go is kind of a rummy game. But instead of just a now whoever got it first wins it's drafting. So you're passing the cards and you're building your hand by drafting and you're going to score up your points at the end of the round. And so it doesn't end when somebody just wins. And a lot of kind of the older card games, it's like you're, you're kind of racing to the end point. So there, there's a, a bunch of games like this. Uh, Rummy is the one that comes to mind, but it's basically whoever gets the thing first they win. Everyone else loses the end. So board games have taken that and fantasy realms, I think works the same way. We were super into this game for a while, but that might've been before we made you play a bazillion games with us. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever played fantasy realms. I'm going to look it up right now. It is, I think it's fantasy realms. There's another game that has a similar title that is a completely different style of game, but fantasy realms is basically like fantasy rummy where there's different kinds of cards that will score differently based on the other cards that you have in your hand. And you're trying to, you draw one and discard until you build, like there's a certain number of rounds, I think, and you build the best hand and then you reveal hands and see who scores better. Yeah. So you seem so to be I describing like this, fantasy this... realms, but yeah. Oh, good. Chris always says the wrong title and confuses me. So it's a good thing he's not here. (laughs) (laughs) So in both Fantasy Realms and Sushi Go, 
it has that same feel of playing rummy where you're trying to build the best hand, but instead of, and then one person gets to the thing first and wins, everyone is building a certain number of points and you're trying to get combos. And even if you don't get there first, you can still win. And even if you don't win, you still feel like you you had fun building something. You, you know, like it's a, I don't know, but you can still get that out of the deck of cards version is the like, oh, I just needed one more card. Like, oh, if you had just discarded that earlier, I could have picked it up. And you, you still get that same same feel from the card game. But it's almost like the the super old board games versus newer games. It's like the player elimination version of a card game. It's just, and now you win, we don't get to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so some of these games could go super fast, but... But there is something appealing still about just, well, all you need is a deck of cards. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've definitely played my fair share of Sushi Go. I have played Gin Rummy, which is, like you said, I guess the easier version. Um, (laughs) To me, I mean, I guess this kind of belonged in the the last, not solitaire, but, well, I guess it would go Gin Rummy. But, like, uh, Cribbage, to me, is, like, the game that fits here. Um you need, I guess you don't really need a cribbage board, but you just need a way to keep score, just like most of these other games. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I like the, I like cribbage because of just the set matching um, aspect. And there's a, it's kind of a f- funkier than other games, though I haven't played most of these actually, like Euchre. So maybe Euchre's super weird. <laughs> Euchre is actually super weird. It only uses like, um, some of the cards in the deck. I am actually not very good at Euchre. I've only played it a couple times. There, It's of the the trick-taking games, Euchre is definitely the most fiddly, and it it's very hard to describe. Like, all of, I think all the number cards under 10 come out of the deck, and you're scoring points. There's Bowers. I don't understand it, but it is... <laughs> Good Very news, confusing. you only need half a deck of cards. Bad news, nobody knows how to play this game. Oh no, everyone knows how to play it in Michigan. Like, you're oh. not allowed. Yeah, John says you use nine through ace. You're not allowed in Michigan. Like, you, you can't move there until you learn Euchre. It's like a citizenship for the state of Michigan <laughs> test, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Midwestern states all kind of are into it as well. But yeah. So, other games. We got slap games. Did you play <laughs> slap games when you were a kid? Um, I did not play slap games. I played, are these kind of like agility games, like spoons? Kind of like spoons. So, the one we mostly played as kids was Slapjack, which is right there in the title. You take turns oh, putting down a card. And when there yes. is a jack, you slap it. And the first person to slap it picks up that pile of cards and it is just a recipe for like red hands and fingernail (laughs) gouges and hurt feelings. (laughs) And I can only think of one game game. that has really taken the actual slap mechanic. The other one, um, Egyptian rat race is what we called it, but I feel like it's got like 800 names, but it's basically like that. But every time there's doubles, 
you slap. And it's a little bit more complicated, but essentially the same thing. Um, but yeah, they nobody liked playing them unless you were the person who had the longest nails at the table. <laughs> <laughs> it was all just, yeah, awful. Um, uh, but there is one game, Penguin Slap took the slapping cards mechanic and turned it into a board game. And I don't know how successful it was because I backed it on Kickstarter. So it was probably like less than 500 people own this game, (laughs) (laughs) but it's out there. Somebody did it. Somebody took this mechanic (laughs) and turned it into a game. And I know that at least on Bluey, they play London snap, which seems to be the same game, but branded, and a made-up dog cartoon world. So it's out there. <laughs> so I have played, like, now that you're describing these games, I played Slapjack and I played Egyptian Rat Race. These games were not my favorite because I tend to not like super agility-based games because I get into it and then I, like, either I don't notice or I'm just, like, I'm just always too slow or I'm slapping on, like, everything. Just like, ah. <laughs> Um, the one that I always played when I was a kid on camping trips, uh, and it's not a slap game, but it's, we always called it BS. Sometimes it's called, you know, I doubt it or malarkey or baloney. Baloney. We called it baloney. Yeah. Yep. I always loved. This was one of the games that came up on our last episode, but it is worth talking about again because every kid who ever went to any sort of camp played this game (laughs) it is um it's almost like a rite of passage i feel It it is so fun and you get to learn how to lie and see who's a good liar and who's a bad liar (laughs) in a very (laughs) rapid kind of like trial by fire fire um setting did you do you like this game or not for you I used to really like this game, but I th- I think the older I got, I don't know, I'm kind of on the older side of my family and like the neighborhood kids. So I feel like I was just a better liar by virtue of age because it's easier to lie to a four-year-old than to an eight-year-old. Um, <laughs> so, so that I thought I was really good at it until I started playing like more with my peers. And as I aged into it, I was like, no, I'm not good at bluffing. This is not my game. I'm easy to read. Uh, The only thing that I really loved doing in this game was when you play cards and there's no official rules to this. I don't know if this is against official rules or whatever, but you would, so you're trying to put down cards So you'd have, I'd say like, oh, I have two twos and then I put them down, but I'd actually put down like five cards with two twos on top of them. So somebody like, oh no, you're lying. And then they turn it over and it's like, no, there are two twos there, but nobody checks further down the pile. Prove it. I didn't put those down. You can't, you know, like (laughs) you don't catch me in the act. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was my go-to move was just try to like. Hide other count cards. out what I would need and get my other cards out underneath the ones I wasn't lying about. That's so a good that's move. That's my move there. But this is also a board game. Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham uses the BS mechanic 
to play the game. And I will say, though, having played that board game and played the card game, in this instance, the card game is just better. It's faster, it's cleaner, it's easier. To, <laughs> yeah. the, the card game is better. In so many other ways, I feel like the board games take a card game and they're like, how can I add to this in a way that will make it more fun? And in this instance, though, and, you know, go ahead, tell me I'm wrong. Everyone out there who loves Sheriff of Nottingham, I feel like they were like, hey, this game is really fun. How can I bog it down and slow it to the point where it stops being no interesting anymore by adding more bits and stuff? BS is so rapid. It's such a fast-paced game yeah. that you have to kind of like be on top of it a little bit. And like my go-to move yeah. for uh, BS, you could only do this once, but it, when it when it works and it works pretty much every time, it is glorious. Is uh, what you would do is you know you're on sevens or something, so you would actually have two sevens, and what you would do is the person before you would be like oh one six, and then you'd get your two sevens, and then you would say two eights. And you'd put down the two cards. And then someone would be like, no, 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 we're, you're on sevens. And you're like, oh. And without touching the cards, you'd say, like, uh. the two sevens. And then people would, like, so look at So somebody's always going to call like, you. Yeah, someone's going to call them. you. Like, no. <laughs> and they pick it up. And <laughs> they see the two sevens. And then it's just great. You have to make sure it's a huge pile. And they pick up all the cards. And it only works once. But you could do it again. And then they're like, wait a minute. Are you lying this time? Or are you actually telling the truth? <laughs> but it's it's a good it's a great power move. Uh the audience will have to weigh in on which of us has the sneakier pull one out and yours is probably more effective playing BS. <laughs> I don't maybe, Mine is like such a I glorious know, trap I feel like for the person that calls it. Mine is good at getting rid of your cards. Yours is good at getting somebody else to pick up the cards and they're both valuable plays. <laughs> you know, like the whole point is to get out of cards. So, you know, whether you're giving them to someone else or getting rid of them for you, you know, they're, they're both moves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a card game that we did not talk about in our last card game episode. And I feel like Chris keeps saying, we're going to do a whole episode on this. And we did talk about it in our gambling games episode is poker. Is poker fun? I would say poker is fun. As we've discussed, I do not enjoy bluffing. <laughs> I feel like that's like <laughs> so much of poker. <laughs> so uh, poker, when I was growing up... Every- I feel like poker is a game that you actually have to like play for some kind of like stakes or points or, so- or something. I don't even know if you- poker mm-hmm. is like fun with like points. I suppose it could be. But like, you can't just be like, oh, I won this hand. Oh, you won this hand. You won that. You know what I mean? It doesn't really work mm-hmm. that way. You need you need some yeah, stakes. Yeah, if you're not like tracking it, you have to, like, even if it's just, you know, like Skittles or whatever else like kids have on hand to like play around with. That's what we, we Monopoly always, money. Are the, the different... We used values for the different colors of Skittles as though they were poker chips. We also <laughs> often just had poker chips. Um, and you would play with the chips even though there was no value behind the chips. Right. You know, you just... Two blue you'd ones. you start with a certain number of chips. Yeah. Um, so you, you, the stakes are definitely what makes it fun. So when I was a kid, 
five card draw was poker. Yes. That was the way you play. You know, you had you drew five cards, you turned in the bad ones and asked for a certain number of more cards and tried to make your hand good. But Same. now somewhere when I was like in high school, it switched and now everyone only plays Texas Hold'em. Yes. I don't know why that happened, but like it definitely did happen. It used to be five card draw. And then when I was like high school, late high school, it was like, no, that's out. Texas Hold'em is in. That is poker. This this other yeah. thing is like no longer like nobody wants to play that game anymore. I don't know why. Um, there is speculation that it was the World Poker um, Tour that was. I remember watching this on Spike TV, <laughs> and they played Texas Hold'em, and a lot of the professionals. And I I've heard a lot about um, you know like the odds and that kind of stuff for professional players is more interesting to play Texas Hold'em. And that's why it got popular on the professional circuit. And that trickles down into popular culture and just regular people playing. But I don't know, like I really loved the movie Maverick uh, with Mel Gibson. Um, I don't think even I've if seen he's that. not a great person, but oh, <laughs> it's really fun. It's apparently based off an old TV show, but it is about a, you should watch this movie. It's Mel Gibson and James Gardner and Jodie Foster. Um, and Mel Gibson plays Maverick, who is trying to get to a poker game. And he's trying to get his money together to play in this poker game. And it's a five-card draw. It's like an old Western, Western, but like not. It's it's a Western, but like it's a 90s take on the Western. James Gardner was in the original show. He was, I think he was Maverick on the TV show. John Sullivan is, yes, correct. I am right. So in the movie, he is not Maverick. Mel Gibson is Maverick. But it's it's a fun little nod to the TV series, which my mom grew up watching, which is why I know this movie. Um, so. Um, I have to watch this movie. But it's really fun. And it. that to me was like, that was Oh my gosh, it's um, really cheesy. It's a 90s Western starring Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster. So I think that tells you about (laughs) (laughs) how Western it is. It's a Western. (laughs) Yeah. Starring an Australian and Jodie Foster. It reminds me a little. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like when Doc Brown dresses Marty up to go back to the 1890s. <laughs> like that's yeah. how accurate a Western is. <laughs> With the fringe but and wearing it's all like- about poker. And that's what poker was to me as a kid. And it was fun. And it's like, there's this whole bit where he tries to like make the card he wants. Like that's the next card he's going to draw. It's really, it's just a fun movie about playing poker. And, you know, when they're playing in Titanic, they're playing five card draw. It's like, to me, media made five card draw seem so fun and so cool and something I wanted to do. And then the rest of the world was like, no, no more. Texas Hold'em is what poker is. And yeah. it makes me sad. Um, But there's not a lot of board games that use this mechanic. I actually had to Google it. I feel like if Chris was here, he would have known... Um, Tiny Epic Western has a poker mechanic as part of the game. Really? And there are a couple others that I saw. Yeah. And I'm a little bit, um, 
I want to play it just to see how it works because I like so many of these other games that have these like old card game mechanics that have been turned into games. And it's, I want to see how it, it works out in the game. Um, Doomtown. Uh, Doomtown Reloaded uh, is what Christopher Dong is saying. And that was the other one that popped up that I had already forgotten about. So thank you. Um, Christopher and Miles says Rail Riders Infinite. Um, both use it. So, uh, but I feel like they're not huge games and not that like Penguin Slap is huge, but <laughs> taking the world by storm <laughs> compared to slap. stuff like, um, the crew and some of these other trick taking games, Sushi Go, you know, and other rummy style games. There's a ton, a ton of those that are using that mechanic. And it might be, um, I will be joining the Penguin Slap Pro Tour any day now. Thank you, Christopher. For- <laughs> <laughs> World Series of Penguin Slap. Bring- <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like poker is really hard to incorporate as part of a larger game because it is so much about just like bluffing about what you have in your hand and knowing the deck of cards. It's all about the deck of cards. It's really right. difficult to change that out of the deck of cards. So I, I just don't know if it has the same trans translatableness that's not a word but you know what i, <laughs> I mean. know what you mean yes doesn't translate the, as well the mechanic is not as transferable as yes. some of these other games there's the words <laughs> oh if only so, chris were here he has all the that way, words <laughs> he has the best non-words um but yeah i think i think poker is 100% the anchor that is going to keep poker and solitaire card games. That's true. A deck of cards is not going anywhere because those games exist. Those are the games. All of these other games, things uh, we haven't even mentioned, like Old Maid, Crazy Eights, Go Fish, which are all played with a deck of cards. But like from preschool age, they have these like branded decks of a Crazy Eights. Well, Crazy Eights is Uno, yeah. but, um, you know, they've, they've turned these into their own game, even though they're made to be played with a deck of cards. A so deck, right? Yeah. So I think that poker and solitaire and solitaire, we all play on our computers. So it's really just poker that is keeping Bicycle and all of these other card companies <laughs> still in business. And when somebody forgets their... That and people who like to collect them. People who have show up to the airport and uh, realize their phone has died, buy a deck of cards. And they're like, <laughs> all right, this is what I'm doing now. I don't know. Now more and more airports have the the charging ports in all the chairs. That's true. So. You have to forget your charger and your phone dies. Yep. It'd be really oh, hard work. To, it's, to- not, it's not in my carry-on. I packed it in my luggage. Ah. <laughs> So, I think everyone gets homework this week. Go play a game with a deck of cards. I concur. Try a new game. Try something new. Try something fun. Report back. Let me know. Oh, my gosh. Did you do uh, Fire and Ice when you were a kid? No. What's that? 
<laughs> Lord of the Rings game? <laughs> no, it's it's like fifty. Hey guys, you want to play a song of Fire Nice? <laughs> so you take a deck of cards and you hold it up and you ask someone fire or ice. And usually, if it's a black card, they'll say ice, and you go okay, and then you take it down to the next one and eventually they say fire and you just shoot all of the cards into their face (laughs) (laughs) um yeah (laughs) christopher dong so there's a game called cowboy where you throw all of the cards on the floor and say now round them up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, kids are mean (laughs) Uh, but i love it so yeah Go out, play a card game, report back, email Chris at tabletop game or feedback at tabletopgametalk.com and he'll have to read all these emails. Um, and I don't think he knows what we're talking about. So he'll be really confused. So Good. with that out it of the way, <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recording Monday nights, 8.30 Central, or join our Discord to talk to us all week long. Both links are in the show notes. You can email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. Or there's a link in the show notes, too. If I remember to put it there because I have to do the show notes this week. (laughs) I'll remind you. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, Sean Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Joe Punman, Leanne Verhul, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Michael Finley, Stephen Falcon, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Z, Darren McClellan, David Gardner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Slander, Adrian Dong, Eric Kaufman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So do you think Chris is actually going to listen to this episode? Uh, no, but uh, Sydney. Sydney will listen and she'll she will will. back. <laughs> I don't know. Even if Chris does listen to the episode, I don't think he'll listen this far. I, uh, he'll probably skip through it or listen to it. You know, Chris listened to podcasts at like 2x speed, which I don't know. If you wanted to listen to Alvin and the Chipmunks, then fine. But that's too fast for me. 